Hey girl, hopefully that intro song gets you feeling all the feels and gets you dancing a little bit today. Because if you don't know, you'll know soon enough. I love what dancing does for you. Well, welcome to the girl. Let's be real podcast where we are all about real talk and having fun. My name is Jenna and I am an entrepreneur passionate about sharing tools that are actionable to help shift your mindset in order to start loving yourself unconditionally and start living a life you really love. We all have a gift to share and the world craves yours, girlfriend. Real talk. I am no better than you, no different than you. I am one of you. Girl, I'm telling you, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. Girl, I got you. Let's be real. Girl, I am so happy to have you here today for this episode. I'm sitting down and talking with Lisa Cordes, who is such a powerful force for good in this world. She's the president and CEO of United Way of Central Ohio, one of the largest United Way organizations in the country. She's a PhD psychologist with over 30 years of experience leading nonprofit programs and services. And for the past three years, how freaking cool is this? Lisa has been recognized on the Columbus Business First Power 100 list. So let's go. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for being on the Girl Let's Be Real podcast. I'm so happy to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Yes. So today's episode is Be a Powerful Force for Good. And when I thought Mm -hmm. of that title, you were the first person that came to mind. Uh, You have done so much good in this world and continue to do so much good in this world. So I admire you for so many different reasons. And I told them a little bit about you, but I did not dive into United Way of Central Ohio. So I will let you at the very end, tell them where they can find out more. But will you just briefly talk about United Way of Central Ohio, what you guys are and what you guys are doing in your organization? Sure. Well, United Way um, is United Way is the largest independent charity in the world. And it's international as well as throughout our country. There are 1,100. And we're each independent, but we pay dues to a membership organization that, that supports us in lots of ways, like from lobbying to trainings. And um, But each United Way in its community, its board gets to determine what its mission is. It's typically human services focused. So we um, raise money from our corporate and individual partners. And then we have a staff that understands the needs in the community. And we make grant awards to help solve for some of our community's greatest problems. And uh, for example, right now, we are funding priorities are um, helping people meet their basic needs, uh, early childhood success, getting children ready for kindergarten, and um, high, high school graduation, increasing high school graduation rates. And we're going to be launching a new movement for Franklin County, which is um, helping all children in Franklin County be on a pathway to success by the end of third grade, as measured by literacy proficiency. 
by 2035. Love it. So on your guys' website in big, bold letters, it says, be a powerful force for good by sharing your time and talents. I just love that because in coaching, I always talk to my girls about the greatest investment you can give someone or something is your time and energy. You guys use time and talents, but will you talk what that means to your organization? What those words mean, investing your time or sharing your time and talents. And then on a second level, what that means to you on a deeper personal level. Right. Well, our um, many of our clients are corporations and businesses who work with us so they can engage their associates. And one way to engage them is by contributing. And that's very important, or we wouldn't be in business and we wouldn't be right. able to make grants in the community. But um, our co- companies also come to us and say, we want to engage our associates because we want to make a meaningful difference in the community. And, you know, a nationwide can put together quickly a hundred people to go and stock food pantries, you know, in a minute. Um, so we're always updating what the needs are in the community. So we believe that volunteering as well as advocating is as important as contributing. And it, it makes people feel uh, good that they're giving back. It helps to make companies feel good that their associates are giving back. And, you know, the, the trend has been in the last decade that associates are really expecting that from their companies. Like they want, they want to be giving back. So many of our partners give time off um, for pay time off for their associates to volunteer. As an example, we know that just funding to help solve for needs in the community isn't enough. There's just never enough funding. And nonprofits depend on volunteers. They, you know, they're just, that's part of the model. Uh, they're just not resourced well enough to, to pay for all this, the, the talent that they need, whether it's, you know, physical talent or intellectual talent. Um, they really depend on volunteers. I just can't imagine, because every job I've had has been mission driven and in the nonprofit sector. You know, every day, it's such a privilege in this world. I wake up and I think, okay, how can we work together at this organization and and improve the community today? That's I what I think that. about every morning. And it's so um, fulfilling. I can remember my dad once said to me, when I was getting out of college, don't you want to don't you want to go to a corporation and get all the stock benefits? And I, I looked at him like he had three heads. Like I didn't know what he was talking about. No, I don't want to do that. It was just part of my DNA, I guess. Oh, I love that. You gave me goosebumps. So part of, you know, part of something that I always talk about and part of the reason I'm doing this is because I do believe it's so important to align what we're passionate about and what we do day in and day out with our career. And you've had such a powerful and unique way of doing so. How were you able to identify what you were passionate about? Like you just said, you talked to your dad, like you knew that wasn't the world for you that he was describing. At what point in your life did you say, this is important to me? And how did you go about aligning that passion with your career? That um, is a great question. I always knew that I wanted to be in a helping profession. And the nonprofit sector is so big and vast that part of it I've been able to align with 
kind of my my own personal journey. So when um, we had our daughter Lindsay, I was uh, I ran a school for children with special needs, working with children all day long and and families, and it just fit our lifestyle. And she would get involved at the school. And um, I just continued to be able to grow my career and my around my passions um, as I changed as a person and evolved. But I do think I, I continue to be feeling really focused on the human services. There was a time when I was working on a broad range of like from the environment to the arts, the social services. But I really do mostly want to spend my time thinking about people who do not have the access that, that I believe everybody deserves, gain more access to basic basic needs and, and opportunities through education. You are a very inspirational woman. Have you ever felt like it was harder because you were a woman? Uh, yes. And right now I am reading Billie Jean King's memoir. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. I encourage every woman to read it and to thank her and her peers for all of all that they did to open so many doors for us, especially sports. Um, I I can remember when I first started um, my work and we'd sit at a business table and I was what 25 and a man needed something. I like had to hold on to the table, not to get up and get it for them. Like my instinct and the way women are raised. And I thought, no, I can't do that. Like, that's a nice thing to do. But I need to, like, define myself as someone who's not an assistant or that person's secretary secretaries at the time. Um, There are still meetings that I am in, I'm telling you, where I'm the only woman in in Columbus in some of these meetings. And there are times when men do not even look at me for my point of view. How do you deal with that? Well... First of all, I don't think they never necessarily notice it because it's part of how they were raised. Right. Um, so I, I try to deal with it by delivering on everything I say I'm going to do and doing really good work. I am not um, in your face like some other people might be. And I have seen them be. I just don't, don't think that's helpful to women. Um, so I just I just uh, keep my head high and over deliver. Yeah, I love that. We can learn a lot from that. Will you talk to us a little bit about you aligned, like I said earlier, your passion with your career, but for those of us who clearly see how they can be a powerful force for good in what they're doing, can you wisdom on how you can do that in everyday life? Like you don't only have to be in a job like yours. You can do that daily. Right. Well, what comes to mind is mentoring. So every young woman that comes into your work environment or your life somehow has some of the same insecurities that I had that you may have had at, at, at that person's age. And your kindness and your mentoring is uh, to making the time to do that is a powerful way to give back and encourage women to have uh, more confidence and have relationships with people that they can learn from. I also, um, you know, because again, we work with so many businesses, but I always go back to the nonprofit sector, but there's so many ways to be on boards and help lead as a, in any profession, 
but it, that's not the nonprofit sector. Um, you can bring a lot to the table as a board member. So identifying what you're passionate about, whether it's working with girls or sports or the arts, there, there are lots of ways to give up your um, intellectual talent and your, your intellectual capital. Uh, and there's, of course, always ways to volunteer. But I think it's really powerful when we are kind every day. Amen. And everybody can do that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't you like to say that you were kind every day? Right. I um, I always say something that you can give somebody every day is a you can smile to a stranger. And there's so much literature on what a simple smile does for somebody else, but also for you. When you laugh and you smile, right. when you share that with somebody, it doesn't take anything but you just being willingness to do that. And so, I, I mean, I love that. Well, I was going to say I read this quote that. It said that people don't um, fake depression, they fake feeling good. Hmm. And so you don't know what anyone's going through. And that's why I think kindness is a, a great gift. For sure. What would you say to the person that says, okay, Lisa, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Jenna, that's easy for you to say, but like, you don't know what I've been through. Like, it's obviously you deal with that a lot, right? Like you're dealing with yeah. poverty. I mean, you're dealing yeah. with people that didn't have the greatest upbringing or don't have the greatest circumstances. How do you coach those kids or even adults? How do you talk to them and you, you take a bad situation and you help them make it more positive? You know, I believe that there's common set of emotions that we all have. And so someone may have gone through this, you know, didn't have enough food to eat growing up. And so they're scared. Um, where the next meal might come from, or they don't have a lot of um, self-confidence. But there are things for each of us that bring out that emotion. We all have the same emotions. So if you can help people with strategies around an emotion um, and working through that emotion, you find that you just have a lot of commonalities. Um, I, I think that um, while what you people have been through is very important and, and trauma-informed care is very important, the cognitive ability to work through issues and, and move forward um, is something that we all share. We all have anxiety. You know, we all feel sad. We all feel happy. And um, we're more alike than we realize. I love that. Yeah. And so you connect us all and you make us all alike from an emotional standpoint. And then how do you teach somebody to take their circumstance? Because honestly, somebody that's lived a different life than me could go be a bigger, powerful force in the right. world because they've lived it. How do you channel that negativity or that unfortunate circumstance and make it an even bigger impact in the world? I think that's where mentors and coaches, you know, life coaches or friends uh, can be really helpful. One example is I'm a big sister in the big sister, big brother's big sisters program. And it's so rewarding for, for me as well as for my little. And I'm able in that relationship to introduce her to things, ways of thinking, seeing things in her city that she would never have the opportunity to see. We can all do that. Yeah. You said earlier, you know, you never know what somebody is going through. When we were talking about just sharing a simple smile, do you have a, a story that sticks out in mind that 
it was something really little that somebody did, but impacted somebody in your organization through your work in such a big way that probably that person didn't realize it was going to have that big of an impact? You know, it's where our world right now is all about COVID. And uh, to see the people on the front lines of homeless shelters right now and th- that work in the homeless shelters and food pantries, like we've been so moved by the staff. You know, we've never before really thought about the staff of nonprofits. We're always thinking about the people they serve. Sure. The clients. But for the first time, you know, my, my peers and I are really concerned about the mental health of the staffs on the front line during this, you know, very long two years. It is so moving to see that commitment and to see what they've, I mean, they're tired. Yeah. Right. They show up every day. And there's been a lot of loss. And to see that the fuel by service, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, for sure. So with that, that person that you're talking about right there has a, a standard for themselves and they're holding themselves to that high standard of serving other people. And yeah, it might not be easy, but they know the importance of it. And so I always talk about you should have higher standards for yourself than anybody else has for you. And if you don't hold yourself to those standards, then, you know, why should anybody else? And so can you share about, you've obviously held yourself to a really high high standard in your life and you've accomplished a lot. What does that process look like of having those standards for yourself and then holding yourself accountable to those? Well, I'm not sure it's always a good thing because every day I think I haven't done enough. And so when I look back on my life, I wonder if I will think, oh my gosh, I beat myself up. You know, like I just think, oh, I could have done more today. But I know that I accomplish a lot because I work really hard. So I'm really consistent. Um, I am a consistent worker. I'm not always the smartest, you know, or sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm the hardest working one. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I've had really good role models in my parents. And so, I don't give my, I just inherently do not give myself the option, but to be dedicated and to try to do more. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I wonder if, is, is it in our DNA? Uh, yeah, it, it's part of your DNA that you're a hard worker. There's no doubt. I, you know, that's a funny thing. I always talk about that too, is you know, when I was a student, I always like how to get the highest grade and I had to study, study, study. And so you said it could be a bad thing to have high standards. Yeah. But then what's the flip side of that? You know, not, I feel like if you don't have high standards for yourself, then you don't believe in yourself. And, you know, you have those standards because you believe you're capable of something and you know what you have to give. And so, again, I go back to why I admire you so much. You you have, I mean, you have been such a powerful force for good. I keep going back to it. Like you live every day out to just do good in the world. And, you know, you take it simple by be kind, but also you run one of the largest United Way organizations in the country and you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart and you broke it down to something that simple. And so kudos yeah. to you on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you said you have you have great mentors, right? And we and I feel very blessed too. I was raised by a strong single mom and she taught me work rate. And I mean, you see it all the time. 
people that don't have those mentors. And so you've alluded to a couple of times how important it is to, if capable, to put yourself out there and put yourself into a mentor role. And I, I think that we need more of those people because there's so many people out there, again, you encounter them, especially kids that don't have mm-hmm. that, that, that positive adult figure in their life. Yeah. And I know that there's so many ways that, I mean, we all have so much to give and are we giving enough each day when you think about being a volunteer or coaching, right? Being with big brothers, big sisters, there, there's so many young people that need a connection with those who really feel like they've got something to give and be a great role model. Yeah. I have a few kind of wrapping this up questions for you. And it, this translates perfectly into it. Lisa, what advice, but that ties into being that powerful force for good, what advice would you share with somebody listening? This is what first came to mind. I think my life changed when I truly understood that the only control I have is over my own behavior. So I ask people to sit with that. I am in charge of myself. And I'm in charge of how I respond to people. People can only make me feel a certain way if I let them, right? I'm in charge of how well I'm going to do in my job. And there aren't a lot, I mean, there are a lot of people who have an external locus of control instead of an internal locus of control. So it feels powerful to have an internal locus of control and be able to depend on yourself. So I encourage people just to reflect on that. Yeah, I love that. I always talk about control the controllable. As simple as that sounds. Right. Control the controllable right. and you control yourself. My so, husband worries about the weather. I'm like, why are you worrying about the weather? You have no control over the weather. I'm not going to spend any time worrying about the weather. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. My ending question that I'm going to ask everybody on my podcast what is your favorite feel-good song? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably something by Madonna, like maybe Holiday. Oh, okay. Nice. That's a good question for everybody. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big believer in the power of dance and what it does for you emotionally and it gets you feeling all the feels. So I will talk about that all the time. And so that is going to be a piece of this show. For I sure. love it. I'll play it tonight and I'll dance around. Love it. Love it. Well, Lisa, will you tell our listeners or share with them where they can find more about United Way of Central Ohio, where that they can give, where they can find you on social media or online? Yes. My email address is on. So please find me there on our website, liveunitedcentralohio.org. There's also volunteercbus.org where we have lots of volunteer opportunities for people to peruse and sign up for. And I am on LinkedIn as Lisa Cordes and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And I, wel- I welcome new friends. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much. You are such a powerful force in this world. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with us today and taking the time. Thank you. I can't wait to follow your podcast. so much for listening and letting me be a part of your day friend if you loved what you heard on this episode 
It would honestly mean the world to me if you leave me a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. Your comment helps me so much to be able to connect with more listeners. And if you haven't, make sure to subscribe. Also, share it with one of your girlfriends. Like text her right now. And post on social media and tag me at jenna.kloffenstein so I can personally thank you and connect. I am so, so grateful to have you along on this journey with me. Friend, take a deep breath, smile, dance a little, and have a fabulous day. We'll talk soon.